0: You are listening to Just One Glass, episode 11 Mothering Without Wine. Welcome to Just One Glass, a podcast for high achieving, type A millennial moms who want to explore their relationship with alcohol without judgment and without labels. I'm your host, Michelle Kapler. I'm a life coach, a successful entrepreneur multiple times over, a mother and most importantly, a fellow human. When I took control of my negative patterns with alcohol, my entire life changed for the better, and I wholeheartedly believe that you can find the same freedom in your own life. So whether you're just getting curious about your drinking, or you're ready to dive deep, I've got you. Hi friend, thanks for being here with me, and for showing up each week. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. This week, I'm going to get into a topic that I think we need to talk about more openly and more often, and that is drinking and motherhood and mommy wine culture. So as I often do, I want to dive right in. And I think a good way to do this is to create a definition of what we're talking about so we're all on the same page. So what is mommy wine culture? To give a basic definition, I'm going to quote my friends at therapy.org. This is not an endorsement. It's just the first thing that came up on Google. They say that mommy wine culture basically makes using alcohol to cope with your day as a parent an accepted and even celebrated part of modern life. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty familiar to me. So let's be clear. I was this mom before I took a closer and more deliberate look at the way I was living my life. I want to take you back six years ago to when my daughter was born. Before I had her, I was naively under the impression that I would give birth and the early days would be filled with unicorns and rainbows and snuggles and naps and cuteness and perfection, and all would be total bliss. Was I ever wrong? When I think about the transition from having no kids to being a mother, the word traumatic comes to mind. It was an experience that was very difficult for me. It made me question everything. It was not just the part where my daughter wasn't an easy newborn. We had feeding difficulties. She was fussy. She wouldn't sleep unless my nipple was in her mouth, which meant she was on me all the time. It wasn't just that stuff. It was the part where I found myself grieving the loss of my old way of life, my independence, my old identity, the part of myself that I knew that I could do anything or accomplish anything I wanted to with the right grit and the right mindset. But as we know, this isn't how it is when it comes to our children. They are their own little humans with their own tiny brains And they will be who they will be, despite our best-laid plans and efforts and visions, even as infants. And this was so hard for me. Combined with the sleepless nights and the obvious tendency toward postpartum anxiety, and let me be clear, I realized that in hindsight, it was a deeply, deeply uncomfortable experience for me. And on top of that, I felt so guilty that my experience did not seem to measure up to the perfectly curated mamas on Instagram. I felt horrified. That I constantly wondered if I made a mistake in choosing motherhood. I felt so much inadequacy in my day-to-day life. I was always thinking, but I had no idea what I was doing. And of course, I solved for the enormous discomfort by not processing my feelings, but by using alcohol to numb out. And yes, this was my previously established tendency to reach for the bottle when life was feeling particularly tough. But motherhood presented a whole new level of reinforcement of this idea. The idea of using your nightly glass or bottle of wine to cope with parenthood was everywhere I looked. On social media, on TV, in the movies, in local mom groups and gatherings that featured boozy brunches and events that always came with plenty of alcohol, even if they were during the day. It was not only encouraged and celebrated as just a part of modern motherhood, It was also presented as this trendy, cute little joke that everybody participated in openly and no one was questioning it. So like many people, I gladly bought into the culture and absorbed the messaging from what I now know to be a billion dollar target market for advertisers. I was all in. For me, the magic was in the 5 p.m. glass of wine every day which was typically fueled by my thinking that it was hard to be home with my kid all day or be at the office all day and then come home to my kid. And then I needed something to take the edge off and also needing to prepare to make it through the evening until bedtime, which was another magical time after the kids went to bed when I could put my kid to bed and have some time for just myself, which was usually just sitting on the couch and drinking more wine. If I think about what the wine provided me with, one word comes to mind, and that is relief. I wanted the feeling of relief, which was the opposite of everything else I was feeling pressure, inadequacy, irritation, anxiety, grief, self doubt. I just wanted to feel relief. And as soon as I took that first sip of wine in the evening, or maybe a few sips, that was exactly what I got in that moment. I got a huge release of dopamine in my brain and that solved for all of the discomfort that had accumulated throughout the day due to my thoughts about motherhood. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a bad mother. My daughter deserves better than me. And one that was well-practiced for me that I said over and over again in my mind was I'm not cut out for this. And as soon as I poured that glass of wine and took a few sips, all of those thoughts and feelings just weren't that big anymore. I just felt relief. So what's the problem with that, you might ask? Why is it a problem to unwind with a few glasses of wine at the end of every day? And I want to be clear that the problem isn't the part where I was opening a bottle of wine, pouring its contents into a glass and ingesting them. It's all of the thinking and feeling that surrounded that action. It's the part where the wine may have provided relief in the moment but didn't actually solve for the thoughts that were creating the feelings that I so desperately wanted not to feel. When the wine wore off, all those thoughts and feelings were still there the next day. And not only were they still there, they were probably stronger than the day before because they were also mixed in with this other bunch of thoughts and questions about my drinking habits themselves, which gave rise to an enormous amount of guilt and the cycle continued day in and day out, and was reinforced by a constant supply of imagery, advertising, and culture that made it out to be a cute, funny, and modern way to make it through parenting. So let's take this one step deeper. Let's really question this because I don't think we do this enough. Why is it a problem for this to be how life is for some people? And more importantly, how do we know if it's a problem for you? And this answer is going to look different for everybody. And questioning this, pushing back against the cultural trend of using wine to cope with motherhood, asking yourself how it fits into your own life is a deeply personal process and one that really can't move forward unless you approach it with radical honesty. But I will give you a simple place to start questioning this from. And that comes from our definition of what negative numbing behavior is. Negative numbing behavior or buffering, which is what we call any behavior that we use to seek pleasure and avoid some kind of emotional discomfort. And this could be overeating, over shopping, online shopping, overuse of social media, gambling, pornography, overworking. Yes, overworking can be a way that some people avoid feeling their feelings. And then there's the wine. And the way you define whether or not this is a buffering or negative numbing behavior is when it creates a net negative effect in your life. There's nothing wrong with drinking. I'm not here to preach that the alcohol is poison and that no human should be ingesting it. That's not where I'm coming from. The act of putting wine in a glass and drinking it is not good or bad, and it has no moral value. But we want to look at the thoughts feelings, and results that are surrounding that consumption of the wine. That's where the answer lies. And I want you to question that with radical honesty. Are you ultimately ending up in a worse off place than when you started after you drank? Is it keeping you from reaching your goals? Is it preventing you from showing up in your life the way you want to? Is it keeping you from creating the results you want in your life? And for me, the answer was a big yes. That momentary relief that I was seeking and receiving was a valid reason to choose to drink. But at the same time, I couldn't deny all of the negative things that were happening as a result of my choice to drink. My health was suffering. I couldn't sleep. I was anxious and irritated all of the time because I wasn't sleeping or processing my negative emotions. I was always beating myself up because I was thinking that I should be able to control it and get a handle on it. I wasn't able to be present for my kids or my husband, the relationships that meant the most to me. And I had so much mind chatter that surrounded my drinking, all of the questions, the guilt and the shame. And because of this, my capacity for growth and creativity was just significantly limited. So here's the thing. I asked myself these questions. I got really honest with myself. And the answer for me was pretty clear that the nightly wine habit I had developed was just not serving me. And that giving it a try without booze was probably a good idea. It was also a terrifying and intimidating idea, by the way. But it ultimately seemed like the right thing for me. But let me be clear. If you ask yourself these questions, if you get really honest with yourself and you arrive at a place where you understand the reasons why you drink and the results that you are creating and you're totally okay with it, then it's a completely valid choice to keep doing what you're doing. As long as you're making the decision consciously with eyes wide open and you like your reasons for making that decision. At the same time, I want to invite you to consider What you might be giving up in order to continue your current habits with your drinking. Because chances are, if you're listening to this podcast and you're still with me at this point in the episode, there's at least some part of you that's wondering if you could be creating different results in your life. If you were to change your relationship with drinking. For me, as I talked about on my podcast many times before, now that I don't drink, my life is more beautiful and alive and huge than I ever could have imagined. And let's be clear, I'm not saying that I discovered the magical secret of always feeling happy and never experiencing negative emotions. All of the previous thoughts and feelings are still there. I still wonder if my children are going to need therapy in their adulthood because of the mistakes I'm making. I still feel anxiety and boredom and irritation, huge emphasis on irritation on a very regular basis. And I still feel a lot of dread in the hour leading up to the bedtime routine. None of these things went away when I stopped drinking the wine because it's not about the wine. It's about the person that I had to become in order to be a non-drinker. It's the skills that I had to cultivate in order to reach that goal. The feelings and emotions that I had to learn to feel and process. The thoughts about myself and motherhood that I had to work to change because we're all human. We're all here in this life to experience the whole spectrum of human emotion, including the annoyance and irritation that seem to frequently appear during the toddler stage. And I've come to a place where when feeling negative emotion, I no longer panic and tell myself that something's gone horribly wrong because I'm frustrated with my kid. It's just part of things. And it will pass if I allow it to be there and not reach for the wine to avoid experiencing it. Because either way, you're signing up for discomfort. You can feel uncomfortable staying the same, and that will be your own unique set of net negative results that you're creating in your own life. Or you can feel uncomfortable while becoming a different version of yourself. Either way, like they say at the Life Coach School, life is 50-50. You get 50% positive emotions and 50% negative emotions. But you get to choose the context in which you experience that 50-50. Personally, I'm fascinated with the 50 50 of evolving and becoming the next version of myself and staying in the 50 50 of not changing. Well, that's just not for me. What do you think of this? If you're resonating with my message here, you've got to check out my free seven day alcohol freedom experiment. The best way to find out why you drink is to stop drinking and see what happens. And that's exactly what we do we take a seven day break from drinking and then we watch our brains. Then I give you some tools to put in place if you want to continue to explore your relationship with drinking in a different way. It's totally free. If you want to sign up, you can head over to michellekappler.com and scroll all the way to the bottom of the homepage to get instant access. And I'm also going to pop it in the show notes for you. And as always, if you want to explore this one-on-one, click the link in the show notes to book your free 60-minute consultation to learn more about having me as your coach. That's it for me this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, you've got this, my friend.